Hello and welcome to Critical Line Item. My name is Tom Rablick. Thank you so much for joining me for this particular podcast. Over much of 2023, there's been an intense focus on the way in which government procures services from the private sector, that is, consulting firms such as Bain and Boston Consulting, McKinsey, PwC, Deloitte, you name it. And a range of issues have emerged, be they management of conflicts, be they ethical conduct, be they um, the way in which the public sector itself leans on uh, the services of consulting firms to, in in some respects, deflect any decision-making on their part, any responsibility on their part. Now, one of the people who's been gently tickling people underfoot is Senator Barbara Pocock, who represents the Australian Greens in the Senate. She's from South Australia. And I've got, again, the privilege of speaking with her to look at how the inquiry has unfolded, but also where she thinks things will shape up. Barbara, thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, Tom. It's great to be back uh, and talking about an issue that I didn't think would dominate my life quite in the way it has but is, uh, you know, very interesting and important, of course, to government, to taxpayers and to business. If we if we begin um, this conversation at, a, at this point, um, if this committee hearing inquiry, rather, was a marathon, you're two-thirds through it, mm. what are some of the key issues that are emerging for you as you look at what you've already seen um, over the past six to seven months of the inquiry running? Well, I think there are a range of quite specific issues around the massive growth um, in consulting, for example, and, and a bunch of tendencies um, and issues that have emerged in the last few months. But I must say, um, for me, for someone who's worked, you know, in a research capability, capacity inside universities and worked, you know, in the employment sector for 20 or 30 years, I have found it really fascinating um, about the culture um, that I have seen presented uh, to the Senate in, in this inquiry. Um, and I think of the culture that I've seen, um, you know, first experienced when I joined the Senate a year ago through estimates. You know, it's a very respectful exchange. Sure, sometimes departments try and bat you off and get you out of their face. They don't want to give you everything you want, but it is a genuine exchange. Whereas I feel like what we have seen through successive um, hearings from the big four in particular that we've talked with, uh, so far, EY, KPMG, Deloitte, is a real um, polite but but real reluctance um, to, to uh, come clean about what the public has been witnessing in recent months. And we have really seen, you know, one scandal after another unfold, um, which have, some of which have been quite jaw-dropping um, in terms of conflicts of interest, in terms of huge spends, in terms of massive growth from small projects into huge ones with, with very limited um, outcomes in some cases. I mean, some genuine scandals. And I felt that the Senate at times has not been treated with the respect that it should be. 
by com by by entities that uh, have drawn on hundreds of millions of dollars, in, indeed billions of dollars, of public dollars in in recent years, and I have found that quite shocking. I mean, I worked in a sector where you applied for money to do research, um, you you expected to be held accountable for any monies you received, you needed to show an outcome, you're regularly monitored on the way you spent that money. And I think there's a level of arrogance and a level of concealment and a level of failure to take up responsibility for some of the really um, serious in, uh, misdemeanours that, that have been revealed in the consulting sector. And that surprised me. That has surprised me, I must say. Yeah, that speaks to a couple of things, doesn't it? Um, on the one hand, it's transparency. And on the other hand, it's oversight. Mm. And then there's a third element, which is accountability for outcomes. So you've got three mm. things, you know, transparency, uh, oversight, and accountability for outcomes. Now, um, one of the challenges in transparency is that the firms tend to, the firms don't tend to like people crying. <laughs> um, <laughs> or asking questions in any case, regardless of their structure. Um, mm. What are the things that you would like to see happen in terms of transparency mm. Uh, mm. Of, of, of the sector? Well, I, I think you're, you're hitting on three really important themes there, certainly transparency and, and, and oversight and accountability. But I think there is a, an, an overarching issue for me, which is the size of this uh, incredible sector, which has grown so quickly uh, in the last few years. I mean, we saw uh, earlier Prime Ministers, Labor and Liberal, turn uh, to consulting in the decade before, certainly uh, some growth, but we have seen really a surprising and very steep increase in spending that goes to the big four and to cons consulting more broadly and contracting out. So for me, there's an overarching issue. When you ask what action, you know, we're moving towards, uh, you know, what, what needs to change. I think one of the things that before we get to transparency is this sector has grown way too quickly and it is now doing some very inappropriate things. Um, the court design of an agency, for example, design of a strategic plan, for a public agency, uh, the design of big programs and their implementation and evaluation. I view all of those functions as core public sector functions, and they have been given over to private contractors in the last five years in increasing um, numbers. So it's not just, you know, are we managing contracts properly and are people accountable and um, is there proper oversight? I think what we've actually done at a funda fundamental level, level is privatise a, a very big slice of activities that should be actually conducted by the federal, state and even local governments. So that's, for me, a prior concern. So when, you, when I look at where we need to go, we see a Labor government which is certainly um, interested in and is acting to reduce its uh, dependence and over-reliance on private consultants and I think that is a very important first thing and I, I think they have been surprised by the extent of the growth in consulting and 
And I think that partly, that massive growth very quickly, partly explains some of the really scandalous things we have seen, which is, you know, they have not been, contracts have not been properly managed. There has not been accountability, certainly hasn't been transparency. So then if we go to, so my overarching thing is we need to reduce dependence. We need to grow the public sector and we especially need to grow the capability in the public sector, which offers really good careers to the smartest people coming out of our universities so that instead of saying I can't wait to do a, a placement in EY, they instead think I can't wait to work, you know, in the department, in Treasury um, and, and make a contribution to the public interest. I think we have to make the public sector a desirable place for our best talent to want to go and work and have a career in. And I think we're a fair way from that right now. So there's a whole lot of rebuilding of the public sector cutting back on consulting we need to do. But then we go inside the box, which is where you're pointing to, transparency. Yes, we, we need to know a lot more about these contracts. Um, for example, the, the existing um, machinery uh, for managing contracts, even recording how much is let to consultants, is incredibly inadequate. We, we know all too little about many very sizable contracts um, across the across departments, but particularly in a place like defence, where you know it, it's a black box, it's very unclear what the contracts are in many cases. They're not easily accessible for the public to look at to know whether we're getting value for money. You know how many of the contracts actually have gone to a competitive tender. Um, you know what were the criteria for deciding on things. There's a whole lot of aspects around letting contracts, managing contracts, and getting value for money out of them which I think we really need to rebuild to get decent transparency into this system, which I hope will be a smaller system, a smaller industry into the future. One of the ways in which you can do that, surely, is to replicate a register like the lobbyist register that we have for people who are lobbyists to government, uh, where yeah. they have the name, the, the the corporate structure, the corporate origin, if you like, um, and in the case of lobbyists, the, the sort of clients they represent, I mean, surely that, that, that there are things that we already do mm. that we can capitalise on so the public can see mm. whether it be a sole trader or whether it be somebody that is um, uh, in a, or whether it be a large global consultancy, so that you've got the full span represented on on a public record, uh, mm, it's mm. visible and it's transparent. You know who's getting money and why, mm. and for what, and what yeah. were the outcomes. Um, yes, I think we need to have a lot more transparency there. Um, I would like to see um, a, a general um, preference for the publication of uh, consultancy outcomes, for example, so that you're expected to publish an outcome. Uh, a report you may produce as a consultant, um, and that there be a, there needs to be a special argument for not publishing. At the moment, a very very small proportion of our consultancy outcomes are available for the public to look at, um, or for the parliament even necessarily to look at. And we know that you know one of the one of the drivers for the use of consultants is obscurity about what's being contracted. I mean, I think um, when you do something as a department, you're potentially up for defending what you do at estimates. You're up for questions on notice. There's a whole lot of quite important transparency measures 
that are that if you're in the public sector doing work you're exposed to and expected to respond to as soon as you give you know 500 million off to something uh, as, as a consultant uh, activity all of that machinery of transparency is not available and it should be we actually should be able to call you know significant consultancy uh, projects before estimates to have a look at them because it's it's all public dollars um, and, and we need much more transparency about those activities and much better records as well. Hey, you're looking, you're, one of your issues is how do you look at what's on the dark side of the moon? Yeah, yeah, we shouldn't have to wait for a really smart investigative journalist to tell us that uh, a consultant's firm is both setting the parameters for a program and advising a bunch of private corporate clients on how to deal with those requirements. I mean, there's very direct conflicts of interest that we should not be waiting for a headline in a newspaper to know about. So I would like the public sector and the arrangements around consultants to give us a much more direct look at who's doing what. One of the things that I've discovered recently in reading a, a transcript that emanates from a, the New South Wales inquiry that uh, state-based colleague of yours, Abigail Boyd, is uh, chairing into the same subject matter, incidentally. And one of the things mm. in the Accountants Professional and Ethical Standards Board, Abespeak, a mouthful in its own run, has put forward is developing a an ethical standard for the accounting profession, specifically for management consulting. Is that mm. something you would encourage them to think about? Well, it has been um, very surprising to learn that there is no professional body, there are no professional standards for the consulting industry. And I think that is a real gap um, and certainly needs to be considered. I mean, I'm uh, spitballing here, you know, we are not at the point of drafting recommendations quite yet. But I think we certainly need to be looking at ways in which professional standards in this world are set and then are enforced. Um, and I am very concerned about making sure we keep the fox out of the hen house on that kind of professional standard setting. I've been very concerned, for example, about um, the way in which uh, significant players with real skin in the game um, are, uh, you know, members of place, things like the Tax Practitioners Board, the tax, taxation machinery, um, and I want to make sure, I think people need to uh, be clean of current engagement to uh, participate in professional standards uh, or other machinery of governance for a profession, um, including the machinery of taxation. You know, I, I think there are ways in which a smart legislator could uh, try and separate those. So we don't build in conflicts of interest uh, as we try and manage our way to a more so you, ethical... You would, you would see a world where, for example, um, the current the current composition of the accounting and auditing standards boards have got have got you know, active partners from major accounting firms. Hmm. Um, you yep. would prefer a situation where you have knowledgeable individuals who are not necessarily employed within the professional firms sitting on those boards to set those standards. Am, am I right? 
Yes. My, my view is there are people with expertise who will stand up for um, pub, the public interest but also understand the industry and the circumstances of that work and be useful commentators in helping us to get the transparency, accountability and professional standards that we need. Um, and we manage it um, in many occupations and professions and I think we need to be able to do it in the, in the world of consulting. It's trickier in the world of consulting because it's such a concentrated um, industry. You know, we've got the big four, the big seven, who are very, very dominant um, in the sector. But I think we really need to be looking at ways in which we can draw on expertise without embedding conflicts of interest. Because people really want to know they can trust the bodies uh, that are there to make sure the right thing is done, that, that the public interest is served and that people are not exploiting con conflicts of interest. One of the things that you've obviously been um, um, in the middle of while we're looking at professional firms, etc., is examining the procurement mechanisms of government. Um, mm -hmm. The House of Representatives, sorry, the JCPAA, rather, but chaired by Julian Hill, mm. released a report recently um, mm. on procurement. Um, what are the things that you draw, can draw on from that report for the inquiry mm. that you're currently doing in the Senate? I found um, the report of that committee very interesting and I think it really um, illuminates usefully uh, one aspect of the consulting um, work that we've been inquiring into and that is the government capability um, to actually manage to let contracts um, to ensure that, the, that the, they are managed effectively and I think that report says there are real concerns about the process of procurement um, and that we need to be much more on the ball um, in, in managing and letting contracts. Um, and I, I also want to acknowledge um, the role that uh, many insiders are playing from within the Big Four and Big Seven who regularly are contacting senators um, and are saying, we are, you, you guys are being treated like mugs. Um, the, Many projects, and I had a recent long conversation, for example, with a whistleblower from within one of the big four who went through what it's like, you know, how, how blind government is. For example, the commentary he made was that it's often not till quite close to the end of a contract, very large contracts, that government officers will come in and say, oh, well, how's it going? Where are we up to on deliverables? Suddenly find near the end of a project, deliverables are way short of what's expected or needed, and that suddenly leads to a new contract out of the first contract. And because the project has not been properly monitored by officials on the way through, they hit a crunch point and a massive new contract can result subsequently. So, you know, not good value for money, not proper management. So what this person is suggesting is much closer monitoring on the way through contract much more detailed worksheets about who's doing what. A lot of, we are hearing a lot about very senior partners landing a contract, but then using much more junior and of course much cheaper people to do the work on a contract. And then the senior person comes in at the last minute and sorts it out and fixes it if they can. So I think the public's, public deserve much better value 
um, of monitoring on the way through to make sure the right people with the right expertise are actually delivering on multi-million dollar contracts um, so that we don't find uh, you know, additional contracts flowing from a failed first completion. So yeah, I think I think our machinery of government really really needs to be fixed. But I do want to make that basic point, which is some of this work should not be contracted out in the first place. It should be run from within a, a robust public sector. And I, I'm particularly thinking, for example, of a contract announced this week, 8.5 million in the Department of Defence to set up. Uh, the regulatory body for um, managing the nuclear pro elements of um, of the waste in the AUKUS project. I mean, that's contracting out the entire design of an authority that's on very delicate terrain and should be, in my view, something which is done in-house. The contract was let to EY. Well, I think often what I hear from whistleblowers is the expertise of the big four is often overstated with big claims about credentials and experience, which are not often clearly validated. And I think we need to do a whole lot of things about making sure we've got really experts where we need them on projects where we do not have the capability within the public sector. I think there's some big questions there for us to increase that capability. And Julian Hill is very funny in the way he, um, if ever you want to amuse yourself, his, the forward to that report that he gave was, was, was hilarious. But at the, you know, talking about commitment issues and and uh, you know, the um, the way in which he phrases that report is is entertaining. But it's a really important issue. It's a lot of money. Eighty, I think, eighty billion dollars is is um, let out in um, in those contracts across the public sector, and we don't have strong systems of management. His report shows very clearly. And Department of Finance doesn't always help agencies make sure that robust management is there to back them up. Uh, I've been talking to Senator Barbara Prokop from the Australian Greens, who's uh, in the middle of trying to sort out the mess, along with some of her colleagues, that, that consultants and public servants have left, have, uh, left the rest of us to look at. Um, uh, you, you've been generous with your time. If I can wrap this up with one, one final question, that is, uh, does the committee intend to hold um, some more hearings before it reports in November? Yes, we have got more hearings planned um, uh, on the way through. We'll have uh, some days of taking further evidence. Um, and uh, I, I think we've got plenty of issues that we need to now be begin moving towards exploring, thinking about uh, what are the changes that we need? How do we deal with you know, endemic, built-in conflicts of interest inside uh, large consultants that are doing both audit, consulting and tax work. We need to go to the question of, in terms of transparency, political donations um, and how how uh, they should be managed when you're in receipt of a government contract, should you also be a donor to the to the major parties. Um, and I think we've got some um, some really interesting work to do around what the structure uh, of uh, an appropriate consulting body is. You know, a partnership is very different. And I know you and I have talked about this before from a corporation which has got, you know, much stronger requirements of transparency uh, than a partnership. So I think we've got plenty of interesting terrain ahead. Um, and, and other committees, as you pointed out, Julian Hills and uh, Deb O'Neill is also going further um, with the corporate joint um, standing joint uh, committee on corporations looking at questions of structure. I think the parliament has some really important work
work here to make sure that the Australian taxpayer can be confident that their taxes are being well spent and that their public sector is really built for the projects that are, and the challenges that are coming at, at us hard and fast. You know, we can't deal with a climate crisis by relying on EY, um, KPMG, um, PwC and Deloitte. We need capability in our government and in our public sector to deal with massive, massive challenges and to make sure our spending is appropriate. Um, Senator Barbara Pocock, thank you for your time. Great to be with you, Tom.